video. It's the only way to get what you want to watch when you Hello, want to watch it. Hello, my Always name is Justin McClure, and here today with Mark Hansen. And you're listening to the Bay Street Video Podcast, where it goes through all of this week's new Blu-rays and DVDs. Each one... Better than the last? Better than the last one. Not guaranteed, yeah, is got, what I'll say about I, that. I didn't work hard enough on these over the last week. I'm sorry. You have I'm a sorry. week to workshop okay, a new next, tagline. Next week, I'll workshop. Here we go. First off, we got our pal Severance. Well, you know, I say our pal. They have not sent Every, us anything free. Though. Everyone's our pal. They're not our know? pal till we get free stuff in That's the mail. True. Okay, well, fine. I don't like Severance. I'm sorry, Severance. <laughs> our <laughs> acquaintance, Severance. Our acquaintance. <laughs> Who you know are, what? They've liked our podcast tweets before, I but think. But they haven't sent us anything. I know, I know. They will. So here we have Out of the Blue. This is Dennis Hopper film, the second appearance on The Blind Buy, I believe, because we did the Hot Rock. No, mm-hmm. not the Hot Rock, the Hot Spot. The Hot Spot. We did, yeah. right? And yeah, you said it. It's our Blind Buy this week. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo! Right off the top, you know, surprising you all this week. Yeah, you're like, whoa, whoa. It's yeah, like usually we you kinda, expect it. Usually you're all waiting with bated breath. When are they going to do the blind buy? When are they going to do the blind buy? What even, could be the blind? Even, even though, though it look says at the description, right in the yeah. list. But you know what? We're going to get to it right off the top because both Justin and I had never seen this film and both really wanted to. Does anybody read the descriptions of podcasts? There's some podcasts I listen to that like everything is so beautifully cataloged i would if i was you know listening to something like this and wanted to know what they were talking about like if we we were were doing this correctly there would be links you could buy them on the bay street video website (laughs) we're not that advanced we would need like an intern to do it i guess because once i'm done editing this i want nothing to do with it anymore bay street video would also need like a proper website Mm -hmm. where you could buy this stuff what do you mean like a website that doesn't look like it was made in 2002 i think it auto updates right yeah so that's, you guys that's don't the, touch that's it. the hook basically mm-hmm. is it our it's hooked into our network so every time I upload new sy- titles to our system it automatically goes to the website. So out of the blue, Dennis Hopper getting behind the camera kind of accidentally because he was co-starring yeah. in this film and then the writer director there was a brouhaha, he was fired and Hopper took over and supposedly completely rewrote it. They even added title cards to this yeah. movie to explain that, which is very interesting. I did not realize he did that. Uh, very Vincent Gallo of him before, mm. before Vincent Gallo. Wait, did Vincent Gallo <laughs> do that on Buffalo 66? No, Vincent Gallo did that on Promises Written in Water, which was his last directorial film. <laughs> okay. In, that played at Venice, got booed, played at TIFF, one screening that I was at. And never played again. So wait, you saw it and it never came out, right? Because he took back the print and he was so dismayed by the reception. He said, nobody's ever going to see it again. But that was another film where he was starring in something from another director and then he totally took over the production. And was it great? Because you saw it. I liked it. Yeah. But it's been a while. But this is more of a conventional kind of movie than that is it conventional well, it's not conventional maybe it's very dennis hopper like mm-hmm. little moments in time you follow a uh, young girl played by linda manns most famously appearing in days of heaven yep as and a narrator as a narrator and apparently i guess dennis hopper kind of reworked this to be more about her character or more about her even or incorporating her personality. Linda Manns is actually mm-hmm. personality because she was into punk rock and that's a big thing with this. And she sounds like she smokes cigarettes, she which does. she does. Yep. Uh, she's super cool in this. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, I've seen Days of Heaven, but I honestly never really thought much about Linda Manns. You weren't I a big guess. fan of her in Gummo where she appears as the you know, mother? I forgot she was in Gummo until I was looking her credits up uh, today. Well, but, she basically yeah. retired after Out of the Blue. Maybe she made a few movies after. I don't have well, her she did filmography in me. Wanderers, too. Yes. I think um, it was before this where she played Pee Wee. You're right. Yeah. So she had that kind of Days of Heaven, Wanderers, this. 
but then not much yeah she said she didn't like that. quit angrily she mostly said i was a kid actor and you yeah. know kid actors you know their career ends and that's what happened to me oh totally until people came back and started casting her and stuff later in life she appears as like a roommate in the game the david right film. yeah i saw she was credited in that which and I, she's very good in this she seems like a real kid she's great yeah and this is built all around her i mean dennis hopper has a really showy performance as her uh ex-con father alcoholic abusive father uh she has a heroin addicted mother her life yep. pretty much pretty much yeah a lot of histrionic scenes of mother and father yelling and screaming at each other well there's less dennis hopper than you would think in this movie because he shows up at the beginning yeah and then in the last 20 minutes he's in a great bus crash scene that's replayed over and over again um which is the reason he ends up in prison like a trauma movie you see the same car crash over and over again oh man and i love it too you can see they've got like fake bodies in the in the school it's a school bus so they're all kids and everything anyways this is you know, I'm not a huge coming of age movie. I mean, guy, it's more of an ending of age. Spoiler of alert. Of age. Yeah, shh. I love Dennis Hopper as a director, and I'm always interested in his stuff. And I think I just never got to this because the DVD before was pretty bad looking and just never been. It, it did have a two disc special edition, didn't it? I remember well, it got Anchor like a big. Bay, I think, yes, put it that's out back it in out. the day, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it was okay, but I just, yeah, I never got around to watching it. Kind of wanted to see a better cut of it or version of it but here it is severin's been touting this for a while now um that they've been gonna be put so and now it's here it's great i mean listen everything that we said it's you know a very miserable coming of age film beautifully photographed by dennis hopper great lead performance Uh, what else do you need you got it and yeah this was you know the first movie he directed after the last movie effectively ended his hollywood directing career for a while and yeah this was kind of I guess this kind of helped him become a director again a little bit. I mm-hmm. mean, obviously, he still had because he probably played safe. This. Exactly right. And you know, this is a full-on Canadian movie too. So he had to come to Canada to <gasps> become a director again. Wow! So that's cool. That's We're cool. so desperate for anyone. Like, please <laughs> make movies please, here, please. But yeah, this transfer looks great. I watched this disc. It comes loaded with extras. So this gets a hearty yeah. to recommend blind buy recommendation for. Listen, us. we picked a good so. movie. We picked like a good we knew movie. what was. Yeah, go. I don't think there was any doubt about this. This was kind of a cheat, but hey. Next we have up, tons of copies, so please buy it. We have Don't Let the Angels Fall. This is from Canadian International Pictures. More which... CanCon here. And this is a movie I've never heard of before. Apparently, uh, it's the first Canadian film to compete for the Palme d'Or at the okay. Cannes Film Festival. There's a lot of words there that, um, you know, I don't know. C- compete for the Palme d'Or. Apparently, a lot of films... it played at the can. The first Canadian film to play at the Cannes Maybe film it's as good as Shrek. Which also competed for the Palm Door. Yes, that it out, did. That it, was an out of competition. Eh? Yep, it was wow. in competition. I don't yeah, know anything about this. I didn't pick it up because the Vinegar Syndrome titles come very oddly at Bay Street Video, where <laughs> when they come out, you get them. Well, we get them all. Yeah, <laughs> we get the whole slate. But it's like, not on Tuesdays. It's just like whenever hey, they this come. This time up. they did come on did, the Tuesday. That's right. Yeah, because I made sure but yeah you, we're on a good schedule pre-ordering them, so they were actually due out this Tuesday. You told me, and I came and I grabbed a bunch, yep. but I forgot that you had received the partner labels as well. Oh, we got everything. That's the thing. It's like not just the vinegar syndrome stuff. It's you got everything, and <laughs> the Canadian International Pictures do really well for us, even Wait. though these films. Yeah, you're right. Don't really. What's this? A commentary with one of the actors on on this uh, blu-ray wow whoa there's actually some good features on this i mean this one's mm. a little pricier than their other releases, i wonder if it was so... port- well, is it pricier because of the commentary in which case come on give me natural pictures i'm not sure so you didn't watch this eh because i watched it is it good 
Yeah, I actually really like this. Uh, it is streaming on the NFB site. What so. an odd <laughs> cover that they picked, right? Like, well, it is a very, like... It's a drama. The actor in this... Uh, what's his name again? I'm blanking. He's I'm actually a fairly famous uh, Robert actor. Harrison. No, it's not him. It's no? a different name. Yeah, haunted by memories of a recent affair, security's advisor... Is Robert Harrison? Uh, Arthur Hill. Arthur Hill, yeah. So yeah, from that's the a character's name. From yeah. the Andromeda strain. Yeah, this was a really interesting little sort of like suburban family on we movie mm. basically about yeah like a working man in 60s montreal who recently had an affair on a business trip and he's come home and he just feels like just stuck in his life you know he doesn't really get along with his wife and everything his kids are both like jaded and doing their own things and i don't know it's just a lot of ennui it definitely fits in with like a lot of the 60s italian kind of antonioni sort but of it's stuff. canadian this is loser hoser core a lot of loser hoser core but uh arthur hill is great in this movie mm -hmm. i will say he um <laughs> yeah he just plays a real like pathetic guy you know like one of those typical pathetic family a canadian dudes. canadian pathetic guy and uh it's really interestingly edited together. Like it, it's all kind of out of sequence. So you see bits of his affair splintered in. Yeah, somebody like just saw some French New Wave films probably, before they edited probably. this movie. Hey, I'm not saying that it's not influenced by a lot of stuff. I mean, I'm going to pick it up. What? So Canadian International Pictures, I, you already got my money. I would say Who are probably going to put out Nobody Wave Goodbye if, probably, uh, based right? on uh, what some of the people are reviewing on Letterboxd recently. Oh, yeah, probably. But yeah, you know what? This is probably my favorite one of their releases so far. Did you watch? Maybe. You didn't watch the one though, the gangster one right that has no, a weird title that yeah, yeah. That i really gotta good. watch that i gotta watch that but this actually has some cachet uh timothy finley wrote the script or oh base. i like timothy finley yeah so he uh it was original screenplay by him huh. and the director george Taxander went on to do in praise of older women which was kind of a big canadian oh people hit. didn't yeah that was a hit but like it's I mean, not I held in very high no, regard know, critically but, now because i was wondering that was kind of the only other thing he did but mm -hmm. i would say this is definitely worth a shot really nicely shot Really good sound design on it. I don't know. I was just like, I was kind of watching it just out of curiosity just to have it on. And I got sucked into it more than I thought. So, yeah. Pick this Listen, up. Listen, I don't Pick have time for Don't Let the Angels Fall because I need to get on my cyber vengeance. Yeah, now let's get to the real Vinegar Syndrome. Classic. Vinegar Syndrome archives. So I sigh and go, well, I got to pick it you up. I'm getting it. all you of it. You got to have it. You know what? I'm not doing all the Canadian national pictures. I didn't pick up the last one because I was like, no, a documentary. You were, yeah, no, you, thank you. You were for a while. Yeah. Yeah, but there's a limit to Usually documentaries are the thing that makes me go, no, nope. unless it's like very weird or I haven't seen it and like really interests me. But yeah. the last Canadian national I've seen that one. That was the issue. And when they do like one a month now, it seems mm. it's hard to keep up with those. But the archives, I'm there. And we've talked about this before. Vinegar Syndrome archives are the ones where they're like, listen, we're going to sell this to the collectors. Yep. So the quality of the movie, maybe some, maybe it'll be good, but it's probably, probably lesser. Be. Than, <laughs> probably won't be good. Even though the Jahal Mary movies were all archive films. Yep. So was Expect No Mercy. Yep. Okay, so yeah. that one's great. So, I mean, like, they've really been mining sort of the Jalal Mary. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they've been mining his catalog. But this is not what this is. Few, but this is not that, even though it might kind of look like that. So, this is plan. interesting because this is done by the independent filmmaking team that uh, produced a much older Vinegar Syndrome title called Blue Vengeance. Right. I remember when I watched uh, the interviews on that disc, what's really endearing is they had like no money. So they had, did everything by the seat of their pants and like shooting on like gunfights in the New York subway just had a permit with a steady cam, like 35 millimeter yeah. camera. And I don't know if it's exactly like, because this is much later, this is the late 90s versus the late 80s, but it still has that kind of vibe. 
Now, I've seen some people complain online that there's they feel there's not enough cyber in this cyber vengeance. <laughs> the premise is a douchebag guy. He's the worst. You see him on the cover here as like a little goatee. Yeah. His hair's yeah. all gelled because he's going bald. He's got a bit of like a almost Paul Walker-esque kind of look mm-hmm. here. Is a virtual security guard in a prison where the prisoners are hunted in virtual reality for sport by rich people. And wait, there's not enough cyber stuff in this? And what's really funny about the cyber stuff is that the gimmick is that they are hunted in different historical periods. So there's like a World War II scene. They're in the Revolutionary War. Nice. Uh, there's like a Western scene. So it's like Time Cop kind of? Kind of. I've seen people bit. complain that like, oh, I didn't want sliders. I wanted VR. Yeah, and it's like, okay. I love it. This is good but stuff. It's VR really fun. Expect no mercy. Yeah, you, know? you got like, all the VR you, know you want. Got VR expect there. no mercy. So basically, it's like three people are thrown into this. And they're like, we got to uh, survive somehow. And there's some clever stuff that they do. And you just see all these period was all like clearly an organization they went to that recreates this kind of stuff. So like the Civil War, <laughs> right, right. or like tanks, or they're like shooting at like a Western standing set. And it's fun. It's not great and listen it's a vinegar syndrome archives release let's be honest here <laughs> you're trying to be generous yeah but i had a good old three out of five star time with it hey you know you can't hate on that no nope. there's, there's definitely a place for the three out of five fun yeah but i've been seeing people give it one and a half and guys you have what not you plumbed expect? the depth what do you of vinegar syndrome archives <laughs> if this is what you think is like the worst all right let's move on to something classy see when i do the martial arts films on here i know i need to highlight them but you know, Mark just leaves me in the wind because yeah, he doesn't watch yeah, these. Hey, I was interested in this. But this is a classic. This is a stone cold classic. Writing wrongs, aka it has another title that it was released by Dragon Dynasty. What is it called? Above the Law. Writing wrongs is the better oh, okay. title. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. Uh, one of the uh, headlines, Cynthia Ross Rock films, starring Yoon Bayou, I can never say his name correctly, as a judge who decides to take the law into his own hands, and it deal out vigilante justice and this movie just amazing action some of the best hong kong's ever done amazing stunts and this is vinegar syndrome going into the action you know genre of hong kong they've done a few before yeah but now everybody's getting into it everybody's everybody like you could see this being an 88 films release or Uh, an arrow release it is getting an 88 films release no way yes a separate one that has different special features there are dueling writing wrongs blu-ray is it only available in the uk or is it going to be north americans i don't think it'll be north america probably not right Guys, why are you why why are these dueling releases? Especially like, can you compete with this box? There are here? two like, Cynthia Ross commentary tracks on the three discs here. It's yes, because there's three different versions yeah. of the movie, and it has a booklet which I think is written by Grady Hendrix. It's like I, I was flipping through it, oh, and I'm cool. like, why is there no buy? Like, there's nothing on there. Oh, Who wrote yeah. this article? Who's and I like flipped to the back, being like, all right, do we know? Is it at the end? It's not in the credits. Maybe I just anything, missed it. Does eh? it say something? I don't know. Maybe on the website it says like liner notes or booklet yeah, notes by the person. Yeah. It's weird it's not included in the booklet. Yeah, that's But odd. yeah, three discs. <sighs> We're going to do this every week. This is absurdly expensive for one movie. It's like it always is, man. So what is the retail at Bay Street? We're retailing this for fifty-five bucks. Fifty-five. Okay, so it's one movie. There's three versions. And that is what it costs on the. This isn't Canadian dollars. Yeah, so it's like about forty dollars U.S. But on their site, that's what it is. Canadian too. And this is not even four K. They can't even make that excuse. It's a Blu-ray. It's not. 
you know what? It's because of this packaging. It's like the this is not. I mean, I guess the this Miami is not twenty dollars worth of I packaging. Know, <laughs> like I, it has the same packaging as this. Vinegar syndrome has figured out that if the packaging looks fancy, more expensive yeah. or fancier, they will charge more and they'll get that money. You know what? Because this is selling. This is. Still I say selling. this. I say this. I bought this. Yeah. Didn't even hesitate. Well, I, I, I didn't really hesitate. I'm hesitate. like, take my money. You, you scoffed at the price at first. I did. And uh, I mean, I also get it at cost. I mean, you get things at cost. So <laughs> yeah, you really so. shouldn't be complaining. <laughs> I, I still complain. Like, I don't complain. save that much uh, on it. But when is it going to get too expensive? I say this like, well, it, we got, it feels we, like every week it we, gets more expensive. We got one coming up that's even worse. But we'll, really? uh, we'll get to that. Oh, oh, well, there's one in plastic. What is? Oh, Okay. I'm excited. But we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So, it, it, you know what's frustrating is but that, like, this is, this is the best version of nice. this movie you're ever going it's to nice. get. Well, that's – and I think that's what they're counting on is people just being, like, this is going to be, like, the definitive version. Yeah. So, so what is, so what is my complaint here? i a lot of money and that's fine. I'll just buy it this once. It seems like a lot, but – you know, and also the out of print thing, because yeah. these won't be around forever. You know what? I say the print thing and they may argue, I believe they release a standard version at the same time did as they? this. Yes, they care. did. I right, saw some people chatting about it. So okay. maybe they're breaking off into the market of like, if we can sucker people like Justin into buying it because they want, they even got like Ben Mara art. I, I love mean, Ben Mara. And he like did the cover. The thriller thing too, right? Like I know Thriller is a 4K, but they did the Thriller, edition. the classic um, uh, Michael Jackson yeah, film. Uh, thriller, a cruel picture. But when they, they also released a standard version of that, but yeah. more people want the, the box set, which yeah. is way ex- more expensive. You know what? I don't want to complain about this every week. And I say every week, I don't want to complain about it. But it feels like it's higher every time we talk about it. No, I agree. Uh, every time we get the prices in, like their regular stuff is yeah. always the same. But like their box sets, they just seem like they get higher and, and higher, higher and yeah. higher. And it's like, and I'm always for a bit like, are people going to buy this? Because like, like, this I was can't, the price of scanners them one and two 4K. No, it was sick. Canners was four? Eighty dollars for that. <laughs> it was eighty. I still have one. <laughs> you it's know out of print now. I have one print. too on my shelf because I bought it. Hey, I'm thinking about buying it too. And can I'm I like, complain uh, because I, I voted? But that's usually how it works. Yeah, right? you exactly. can complain you if can. you voted. Hey, you spend your money so you can complain. And the thing is, like, it's an, the ultimate edition of this. Like, it there's is. nothing else I would want. And, really, like, I'm not gonna. This looks beautiful on the shelf, and I know it's <laughs> like a stupid thing to say. But, but the thing is, I have so many things that look beautiful on the shelf, and I they're know. all squished together, that's stacked the, on that, top of each other. That's the collector mindset, man. <laughs> Next up, we have Shriek of the Mutilated. This is. It's been a while that a Roberta Finley movies come out. This yeah. is one that she did with her awful abusive husband at the time, Michael Finley. And I thought this would never get a Blu-ray release because yeah. I've heard that she's had miserable experiences making these movies. And she did do a commentary on it. Interesting. Uh, and she does an interview about it. And there's an, even an interview with like the producer, I think. This movie is tons of fun. Yeah, this is wild. Have you seen this? <laughs> yeah. Oh. But I've never seen this like I mean, did you watch this version? Because the only versions of this that have ever been available are like the shittiest public domain. Like so, even even on Tubi, because it's on Tubi. Retro Media, Fertile and Race Company yeah, put yeah. it out. And that's the version that it I have. It's terrible. It looks okay. I think he did a new scan of it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I, I've but it's starting to look like this. Which I've is only ever negatives. seen brutal looking versions of this. But <laughs> I mean, this is funny. because I, I, mean, I really like this because of... how many people are going to be disappointed when they see this movie? That's the thing. It's like, spoiler alert, sort of. Like it's, it's it, like one of the bigfoot yeti type craze movies it's but, a scooby-doo ending at but the end. it like is a bait and switch at the end it doesn't give you at all what you're looking for but i think it's actually a little more clever because ugh, it's hard to talk talk about this without spoiling it 
But, it's not a real Yeti. That's that's yeah. what happens at the end. But the funny thing is, like, it clearly doesn't look like a real Yeti the whole time. It just looks like a guy in a suit. Mm-hmm. But the whole time you're thinking, oh, this is a low budget movie. Like, that's just the way it is. It's hilarious. It turns out it's not. It's a, guy in a suit. it's a guy in a suit. I mean, if you want your real uh, Yeti or Sasquatch stuff, check out Night of the Demon. Well, Night of, I was going to say, it doesn't compare to Night. Like, I like Night of the Demon more in mm-hmm. terms of, like, Bigfoot uh, exploitation. Much stuff. more dicks being ripped off much in more, Night of the Demon. Yeah. I love the guy in the suit in this movie. Doesn't this have the uh, same ending, too, basically, as Night of the Demon, of. where everyone yeah. gets yeah, it? Yeah, basically. <laughs> but here it's, like, it's a cult, and there's, mm-hmm. like, this ritual. And it's just a guy in a suit. It's a guy in a suit. Like yeah. a really fake Yeti suit who, whenever you see him, he's just like running around, uh, having a time. It's yeah. all baggy on him. There's a great scene where he like looks in the window at one point at somebody and he's like, <laughs> I just, I love the actor who plays the the Yeti dude. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a bit of a snooze fest here mm-hmm. and there, but you know, it has that great party scene set to that stupid, annoying, uh, I don't even remember. I haven't watched it in ages. Yeah, I threw it on uh, Tubi again just to like reacquaint myself because one of those movies like I saw so long ago and I'm like, I've seen this, right? And I watched it. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is the one where it's not the Yeti. It's Mm -hmm. not actually a Yeti. Uh, but they've got some fun, campy moments. So, yeah, I, I recommend this if you're into Bigfoot, Yeti type stuff. Next up, we're going down Mark territory. We got Species on 4K Ultra HD from Shout Factory. <laughs> Three disc special edition. I know. And, you know, this did... Reasonably priced for yeah, a you know, Shout 4K. So this did come out on Blu-ray already, so... I don't know. We don't really have to talk about this long. I just really like Species. What am I, I going to say? And I know people are like, yeah, it's boring. The sequels are better or whatever. I was going to say, do you like Species 2 more I, than Species 1? I love Species 2. I do. That's Peter Mendak, right? The guy Peter who Medak, did yeah, the yeah. Changeling? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Species 2, I do like a lot because it's a lot gorier and a little more gonzo than the first one. The first one's a bit stodgier for sure, but I don't know. I just have such a soft spot for this. I guess I just because I saw it at an age where this was just like the coolest movie ever. And yeah, I just really like it. Uh, but, I, you know, they should do like, did Screen Factory put out Screen Species 2? They as did well? as a special they edition. They did briefly, yeah. right? Um, I mean, the sequels after that are terrible. So oh, yeah. don't, don't go past. They're not theatrically the no. films. Yeah. Don't go past Species 2, but, you know, I just. Any time to revisit Species is just a good time for me. And, you know, it's just got such a great cast of, like, 90s character actors. You get Ben Kingsley, Michael Madsen, Alfred Molina, Forrest Whitaker, and Mark Helgenberger all in this. Plus a young Michelle Williams. Great stuff. And directed by Roger Donaldson, who I believe oh, went yeah, on he's to not do... Good. He's a New Zealand director, Dante's right? Dante's Peak? Yes. He, say, he had, like, also like a, lot. a bunch of films early on in his career that yeah. were like, oh, watch this guy! And then yeah. he became a Hollywood And then he director. became, like, a Hollywood director. But, you know, I feel like Species is just one of those like people think it's kind of lame now or something but i don't know i'm gonna i'm gonna stand by my love for species next up we're in imprint town hey imprint send yeah. me an email jdeclue at gmail.com uh, <laughs> like the, the gold ninja video of you know films that they have some fans yeah but you know maybe not that many and they're here to do special editions and give it all the respect yeah. that they could possibly well, you get. know for the next 15 minutes we're going to be the imprint films podcast so right. if you could send us some copies imprint that uh, would be great uh <laughs> we do have whore here which is the ken russell movie starring Teresa russell and this is one that hasn't been on blu-ray did no. it get released so no huh. never even been on dvd in yeah. north america i remember this being at ice or cinema that'd be like bootleg it's DVDs. like a bootleg. yeah it was on vhs but it's one of those movies that for whatever reason has never come out in north america on any format past vhs 
And now it's taken an Australian release to finally get it out. Probably rights issues. Probably rights issues, right? But I mean, Ken Russell has got such cult appeal now. Although, I mean, The Devils is still languishing somewhere too, but that's a whole Warner Brothers situation. This one, I don't know, because Trimark released it, which is owned by Lionsgate now. So it's, I think it's a Lionsgate thing in North mm, America. I think yeah. they own it and don't know what to do with it. It's the kind of movie that, like, obviously you look at it, it's like, ooh, this is going to be, like, Whoa. really risque and yeah. everything. Because it was NC-17 rated and everything. And it's obviously about the life of a prostitute. But... Um, this has got a great sense of humor. It's done in like a pseudo like documentary type style where she breaks the fourth wall and talks to the camera a lot. But yeah, it's got a great sense of humor to it. And she, Teresa Russell is great in this. You know what? Um, I may pick really this like up. This film. I'm looking at the back here. All of these new interviews seem very fascinating. Yeah. They got Teresa Russell. Ginger Lynn Allen is interviewed, the yep. porn star. Uh, also, Bruce LeBruce is interviewed yeah, about the movie. which is very cool to me. Yeah, I haven't checked out the features on this yet, but uh, great stuff on here. Um, it's just nice that this has got such like a deluxe edition after being unavailable for so long. Other things I found out this week is they made a whore too a couple years later, which Wait, I had what? no idea. Not done by Ken Russell, yeah. uh, straight to DVD movie, but an official sequel that also does the same sort of thing. I would say definitely pick this up for sure, especially if you're a Ken Russell fan, because this was kind of the last great Ken Russell big movie. movie. Yeah. Like everything else he did after this was like TV movies mm. or just like trash stuff that nobody talks about. But, did he do yeah. that after Crimes of Passion? Yeah, Crimes okay. of Passion, because this was like 91 or something, okay. 1990, mm -hmm. 91. Did you see the screening that he did, the Q&A of the Devils, when he was so like no. out of it and angry, didn't want to answer any of the questions? It happened at no. the Bloor Cinema. It was no, a long time ago. I saw the Devils at the Tiff Bell Lightbox mm. when Guillermo del Toro okay. was introducing it, but he wasn't, Ken Russell wasn't there. Oh yeah, Ken Russell yeah. was there. It was a legendary oh, screen. great. I do love him. So next up we have The Music of Chance. This is a film I've heard a bunch of uh, podcasts recommend, mm -hmm. and I've never heard about it before, and I was like, okay, this sounds like fun. And I started watching, and I went, oh, wait a minute. This feels like an adaptation of a Paul Auster novel. <laughs> and I checked, and, and it, it is! <laughs> Did you get a chance to watch this? I didn't. Oh, I, I man, wanted James to. James Spader. James I know, Spader. I was intrigued. Doing a Steve Buscemi you know, impersonation. I know. And that sounds great. And I love Paul Auster, too. Mm. Um, I'd kind of like to read the book, though. I, I didn't know this was based on a book of his. A lot I of people just... supposedly say the movie's better. Okay. That it actually cuts out a lot of, like, extraneous details that just focus. Okay. It's very difficult to talk about. I was disappointed kind of where it ended. It ends okay. in a way where it's like... Okay, just got out of college and you got a clever movie ending. Right, like. right. Because it's Philip Hawes that directed this. Yes, I'm unfamiliar with him. He did something insects, Angels right? Angels and insects. Yeah. He was kind of like a big deal in the 90s in like the indie mm -hmm. scene, but never really went past that. And uh, this one has a co-starring role by M. Emmett Walsh, who I love. And there's like a little five-minute interview with him, which I was very surprised by because... Every time I hear about Emmett Walsh, I'm like, oh, he's still alive, eh? Yeah, <laughs> I, I thought he was dead or something. He just always know, looked yeah. old. He That's did, the thing. Yeah. Is the filmmaker still alive? <sighs> he's know, nowhere actually, on this disc. So. I don't think he makes many movies anymore, so maybe not. Mm. I'm not sure. But it's interesting, very experimental, and and yeah, I just, I had fun with it, but... If you look on Letterboxd, a lot of like five stars, like this redefined yeah, the way I was. I think about movies and yeah, I didn't really get there. So three Yeah, people really like this. And like horror, this has also never been available on DVD or Blu-ray nope, in North never. America. Never. Well, the next one has been available on DVD. This is a weird choice. And you're going to think this is even weirder when I say this is the best-selling imprint title this week. <laughs> Wait, what? Yep. It is. When you say Quentin Tarantino ripoff, perhaps you think of... <laughs> Eight heads in a duffel bag. <laughs> I mean, that wouldn't be the first one I think of, but... I mean, yeah, the first one I mean, you would think of is this. 
Probably this, yeah. Things to do in Denver when you're dead. And the director and writer would say, I wrote it before uh, Tarantino came sure, out. Sure, you did. Sure. But you've seen this, right? You know what? I've never seen this. Oh, wow. That is It was just shocking because this is the kind of movie that would be like, you'd think would be like on Showcase, you know, in yeah. Canada. Canada, that's a, like the IFC network or something in Canada. How can you I was not a kid? watch this movie? Have I you looked at the cast? Oh, I know. They, Christopher I, Lloyd, William Forsythe, Bill Nunn, Treat Williams, I remember, in a pretty big role. Jack Warden, Steve Buscemi, Faruza Balk, and Christopher Walken. Oh, yeah. Loaded cast. I always wanted to see this when I was younger. Never did. And then I think I got to a certain point where it was just like it looked like a Tarantino ripoff. And I was like kind of over those. So I just never got to it. I remember is... renting it on DVD and being like, hmm. Oh, so... no, VHS. So it was a while back. And going, yeah. not good. <laughs> so it's not good. No. I assume. So what? I mean, it's got fans. People like this, I guess. But is it just the cast? I guess. It must be the cast. Look right? at this cover. This is not the cover it originally had either. It looks no. like a still of Andy Garcia from like uh, Godfather 3. Although the cover it originally had wasn't great no, either. It's it just never like had him a good with cover. a gun, right? Like, I don't know. A he... rare imprint title with no commentary. You, you can find somebody yeah, to talk about. feature situation? on this pretty oh. good interview with screenwriter okay. director okay. Andy Garcia himself in 2022 really what does he have to say about things to do in Denver when you're dead clearly I mean and production designer Nelson Coates making this I guess I, I don't know so who sorry who made this again this not someone I know Gary Fleeter direct oh you know what it's written by Scott Rosenberg you know him he mm-hmm. went on to write things like I think he wrote Con Air, co-wrote Con Air. Mm, well, a lot he of did a lot of Bru- Con Air. He did a lot of Bruckheimer stuff. He wrote Gone in 60 Seconds. Mm-hmm. He was the guy famously who wrote High Fidelity first, and then John Cusack and his gross point blank writer basically took his script and like rewrote it to be like what it is now and basically just shat all over Scott Rosenberg saying like you know he didn't like we wish we could have taken his name off of it I mean it was a book too that's pretty close to the script (laughs) yeah but I don't know it seems like people don't really like Scott Rosenberg Hmm. well People do because they're People buying like this movie. like things to do in Denver when you're dead, apparently. Next up, we have a Factory 25 release. It is the Oregonian. So this is, is this the one that they made after they basically made this film before? Because there's a version very similar to it, isn't there? Or am mean? I thinking of... Because the director of this yeah. made another person wandering... Well, through. he made a movie called The Rambler after. That's what I'm thinking of. Dermot. I'm thinking of the one after this one. Yeah, this is the, the one at one point that there's a guy in a suit that's like humping a window, right? Yeah, the guy yeah, That's what I remember here. from this Yeah. Story. So this movie, uh, I think we... I hinted at it recently when we were talking about a Factory 25 one before because oh, I, I bought this... I, I knew what it was that yeah, you were talking about. Because I bought this on DVD when Factory 25 was, you know, doing their weird DVD LP sets. It mm. came with like a soundtrack LP and everything. Really cool edition. And yeah, it's just like a bizarro indie horror film. It's like totally hard to describe. Just basically a woman wanders around... I, yeah, like, like a small town like a backwoods yeah. sort of like community um, and weird like stuff a weird happens. dude and like a bizarro like kermit the frog type isn't outfit. that what the rambler uh, is as well like you know what i haven't seen the rambler okay. yet i remember watching this and being excited for the rambler and then the rambler came out got like terrible reviews and i just i don't know i just never got to i it, don't but... remember because these guys who made this movie so it's they, calvin lee reader is the director so they did like skate movies yeah and they also had like a weird like a mask puppet thing yep. and i don't remember what it's called did they mention it on the back there it no, had a really funny don't. name and i vividly remember a video that was going yeah, around on of that puppet on chat roulette back in the day and being oh, like, oh okay. and just like reacting to stuff happening. okay see i wasn't even aware of that yeah the other guy is todd rohal who i guess co-wrote it or something but the he, director of uncle kent too 
Yes. But he also did a movie, I believe he did the Catechism Cataclysm, which is a fun little indie comedy, sort of like this. Mm. I don't know. This movie's always kind of stuck with me, though. It's bizarre. I mean, it's definitely something you got to be in the mood for. But uh, if you like weirdo indie flicks from, yeah, about 10 years ago now. I mean, there's a quote from David Gordon Green on the back saying, a movie like no one has seen since 1977. I guess that kind of sums it up a little bit. I guess. Like, it's kind of like a regional horror film. Yeah, it does feel like, like a something out of shot um, in Oregon. American Nightmare. So, yeah. But a little bit more self-aware than that. Like, yeah. They know what they're doing. Exactly. So, I've always had fun with this. It's nice to see it on Blu-ray with this swanky little slipcover on it. Next up, we have a new Gaspar Noé short film so yeah we were talking about ridiculous prices on big box sets for vinegar Syndrome how much is stuff. this more than writing wrongs wait what this 51 60 dollars for this <laughs> so this is lux eterna which is not vortex which is the other the more known gaspar noe film which i believe will be coming out soon from utopia which is a partner label for vinegar syndrome oh you're thinking of the ones Dario argento right yeah, yeah yeah this is the film he made a couple years before which was supposed to just be an ad, like an advertising film he was hired to make for some fashion company i believe and then turned into a 51 minute film that played at Cannes. It's kind of like, like Joan of Arc, man. Yeah, it stars uh charlotte gainsburg and beatrice dale who are great awesome in it and they play themselves acting in this like modern sort of like carl theodore dreyer sort of remake thing where they're witches being burned at the cross and it's just kind of like almost this like birdman-esque back room sort of one take thing <sighs> don't first. make me want to watch it mark and then it's this like psychedelic when they start filming it you know the typical gaspar noe yeah, psychedelia yeah, yeah. and that's all it is like that's really it's 51 minutes it flies by in a, like that and i thought it was really cool but this set is expensive for a 51-minute film. I mean, don't get me wrong. The set's beautiful. It looks great. But is there that much on it to justify <laughs> Wait, play? they're really stretching that disc two. I thought it was uh, shorts by Gaspar Noé. Nuh-uh. It's shorts that inspired yeah, the short. Yeah, thing. It doesn't... So you uh, have... Uh, Inauguration of the Pleasure Dome, the classic Kenneth Anger short. Yep. You have uh, La Ricotta, the Pierre Paolo Pasolini short. Yeah, 60 bucks, man. That is. I would totally buy this if it wasn't that expensive. Yes. But um, I don't know. It's like people, you know, pre-ordered it through us and we've sold a couple. I mean, I hope we sell more, but. <laughs> can't return them. You know, I, so this this is a case for me where I'm like, uh, the price is a little high. This is going to go out of print, one. though. And it then must, people right? are, And then people are going to get it. So that's what I kind of bank on for these things. But, you know. How much can this box be worse than I'm holding in my hand right now? I don't know. A dollar? Five bucks at the moment? I don't know. Five dollars? <laughs> it's cardboard. Yeah, it's cardboard. Like... <laughs> I mean, they're, they're nice. They're sturdy. I'll, yeah. I'll give it. I'll give them this. They're sturdy cases. I know. A lot of Blu-ray companies, their cases are not sturdy. Yes, but like this is not an extra mm, twenty-five dollars. I know. Yeah, it's more than writing wrongs. <laughs> that is. But writing wrongs has three cuts of a feature-length film. Maybe this it was is... very expensive hey. to license. So yeah, I yeah. I don't know. But it's great. I, I mean, watch it. It's good. If you like Gaspar Noé, it's great. So next up, I thought you were pointing at this as a really expensive one. No, no. This is a regular one. So next up, uh, this is from Utopia, who we were just talking about. This is We're All Going to the World's Fair, which is a super cool little like indie horror drama, which has kind of been blowing up lately. 
Uh, I saw it at Sundance, God, like last year. It's mm-hmm. taken a while to come out. But it's all about sort of like online creepypasta type stuff. But it's more so about like the lead character, a young girl, and her like crushing loneliness living in like a bleak suburban landscape with like basically the computer her only friend mm-hmm. and she starts to take doing like an online role-playing game where you're supposed to like experience changes so you're like wondering what's gonna happen to her it's my fine footage question yep does everybody die at the end no because it's not really a horror film i'll say no, okay. that it's more a drama than with yeah, horror that's elements uh and it's also not really a found footage movie there's some okay. screen stuff because it looks like of, screen stuff looking at the it's back kind of half it. and half yeah um the for the actress in this anna cobb though is great what t- great new find director is a trans filmmaker named jane shown jane Schoenbrunn, who had directed a few small things before it was kind of a breakout i think she's making a movie for or i think they're making a movie for a24 next so mm-hmm. this definitely got them like big cachet but it's great i really liked it It was definitely one of the best debut well i guess it's not debut but one of the best kind of discoveries i saw last year does a24 so, produce the films that they make i think they are now i think they're starting to now i think they with, acquired I think with, a lot i think with the director of this film their new film is been produced by okay a24. so they're paying for the fund i I just don't know i'm pretty sure but i think that's more of a low budget affair so i don't know if it depends on what the kind of budget Mm -hmm. is or the kind of film but it looks like they have very nice offices based on photos i've seen yeah i mean there's definitely that a24 vibe now you know what if a24 made a film like completely different than anything they've done before (laughs) you know what i everything everywhere all at once was an a24 film yeah, it was, right? Yeah. Did they produce I don't think, that? Though? I don't think so. They I did, think they may right? have just uh, yeah. distributed it. Yeah. You know, maybe I'm wrong, but this is like the Netflix originals issue, right? Which is like Netflix produces yeah, very few actual movies. Yeah. Like, where do they all originate from, mm-hmm. really? Next up, we have Vendetta. And it's... What's that? last week or two weeks two ago? Two weeks ago. I'm telling you, man, every other week we got Willis Watch coming yeah. down the pipeline. And what is it this week? This is a hilarious cover. Look at his cast. So, Clive Standen, who is that? Well, he's the star, so clearly he's like nobody you've Some ever, rich boy nobody who probably knows the producer. Yeah. But the other people in Theo it. Theo Rossi. Where do I know that name? He has been around in some things. I think he was on, I want to say Sons of Anarchy for a while. Okay. But remember we talked about that Escape the Field movie a couple? Yes. Weeks ago? He was in that. Uh, <laughs> with Mike Tyson. Mike. T- okay, Mike Tyson's in like two scenes. So. He's in the middle of this cover. He is. Very he bad is. man. Very horrible, horrible man. Uh, and not just for biting ears. That's fine. You no. can bite ears you know, all people, you want. People uh, think he's like funny now He had his or own cartoon. Like, he's such a terrible person, yeah. you know? And also, Thomas Jane. It's been a while since the Jane. Hey, Thomas Jane been has in been in film. quite a few Willis movies though, over the years. Mm, not a in a long time. Though. Not in a while. Yeah. Not in a while. And of course, Bruce Willis. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's called Vendetta. So that's about as generic a title as you're going to get, and it's about as generic a plotline you're going to get because the lead guy, Clive Standen, he's just a family man with some sort of like, you know, army training or something. And his daughter gets Kidnapped. killed basically oh. by these criminals led by uh, Bruce Willis's character. Bruce Willis is like the heavy, but he sits in his office the whole time. <laughs> so course. he doesn't do Theo Rossi is his like son who he basically sends out. And yeah, they kill his daughter. It's kind of like a just wrong place, wrong time scenario. 
And this Clyde Standing guy in re- for revenge kills one of Bruce Willis's son. So not Theo Rossi, but the other guy. And so it starts off this big like war between this guy and the gangs. Fun uh, or not that's fun. That's all I got. Tom, fun or not fun. This one's going to have to get a bit of a not, not fun, fun for me. Just because, and it sucks because you look at this cast and you're like, all right, well, there's definitely some cheese factor here. But, you know, I would say Thomas Jane is probably having the best time here. Mike Tyson, yeah, like doesn't do anything. And then he gets shot in the head really abruptly, which is kind of funny. <laughs> Bruce Willis, eh, you know, he does the Willis thing. Yeah. He eventually gets killed. I don't know. He's got, it's not one of his better well, appearances. I see this Thomas year. Jane wearing a dress shirt, but nothing underneath, wide open. Yeah. Thomas Jane plays a bit of a crackpot in this one. He's the guy that helps out the lead character at a certain point. I don't know. I mean, what do I, what can I say about this? From these the producer anymore? of Heist. Okay. Well, we're going to do pros and cons. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah from, that, that's a new Willis. From the producer of Heist, as if that's not the David Mamet Heist, uh, the Robert De Niro Heist, if you guys remember Oh, they're trying to trick you, though, by writing Heist. Yeah. Uh, Directed by Jared Kahn, who has done a few of these by now. Oh, yeah. We had... I think uh, he did Deadlock. Uh, uh, We had a Will... Will Willis watch? Will I watch? Willis not. Yeah. Well, I did watch. So Willis not. Willis um, not. I mean... Pro? Pro Thomas Jane. Thomas Jane. I'll say Thomas Jane's the pro. Con, generic, just same okay. old kind Throw it of, in the garbage. Same old kind of story. There's no uh, no corrective measures here or something, mm-hmm. you know? So next up we have, I like you put this one the last. Are you ready to laugh? Well, you know, you didn't want to end with Willis Watch, so I'm like, <laughs> so, I got to find something so else. You ended on the new corporation. <laughs> Remember the corporation documentary from 2000. Two, two or three or something? Oh, this is the Telefilm Canada one. Did you watch this one? <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> oh, no. I saw this at TIFF. <laughs> you were chomping at the two, bit. You could not get enough corporation. Two years ago? No, I had to review it. I got a screening link okay. for it, so I didn't actually see it at TIFF, but I saw it around TIFF. Just doing a review of it. You know, the corporation was, like, such a big deal when that documentary came out. I feel and like... It changed the world, It's like, it? changed the world. It's like, oh, my God, corporations are, like, evil. It's like, no logo, right? It's mm-hmm. like when the... Nowadays, it's like, it's called The New Corporation, the unfortunately necessary sequel. Like, yeah, no shit. Like, it's basically trying to tell us that corporations are still bad. They're worse. Like, yeah. I mean, they've always been really course. bad. My problem with this movie, though, is it's completely funded. I mean, Telefilm Canada has funded this, but it's also completely funded by major Canadian corporations. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you have a movie about corporations, and right off the top, in the credits, it's, like, funded by Bell Media and Rogers, which are, like, Holy the two shit, the big biggest monopolies. telecom corporations in Canada. And it's just, like, how am I supposed to take this movie seriously, you know? You're uh, not supposed to. And, like, the big hook on this one is it kind of goes into how corporations now use, like, social justice sort of things, like, appealing to the LGBT community or, like, Black Lives Matter does, like, sell things and how bad that is. Great points for sure, but it doesn't do anything in a convincing way. And it also like it's very it turns a blind eye to Canada. It's very like it's very like it turns a blind eye to Canada, doesn't it? It's very like the US is bad and like all these other countries are bad. But then there's like footage, it's like of Justin Trudeau saying like some heroic thing about tamping down corporations. But it's like, but Justin Trudeau was involved in his own like horrible scandal, horrible scandal with corruption. So like not talking about the brown face either. Yeah. Like get out of here with this. Like you expect me to buy this. And this was after that had already come out. So it's not like this was before that. It's like, I don't know. It just like it's a movie that shoots itself in the foot, like right from the start. So I didn't even think this was going to come out on this because this was like, no one cared. Nobody cares a couple years ago, but Good old Gravitas Ventures. 
coming in to save the day for Canadian film fans everywhere. With a cover that looks like it was printed on your home yeah, printer. Which is exact which is basically the same image as the first corporation, just the devil businessman guy has a phone now because it's mm-hmm. twenty 20 when this came out. Listen, yeah. it's all these corrupt charities and social justice that the corporations <laughs> are leveling us. Not the genuine evil people that are out in the open, right? <laughs> like banning abortion. I don't know, man. It's like... It's easier to be angry at people doing bad stuff. And they are doing bad stuff yeah. under the, you know... The, the moniker of something good yeah. than it is to get angry at the genuinely evil people because you know you can't change them short of like a yeah. revolution. So you want to shame, try to shame. Ah, no. Exactly. I don't know. It just. It, Why does this documentary exist? It feels like one of those Because movies. funding money needed to be funneled. And it clearly is one of those like tiff picks for like bougie tiff audiences mm. that want to feel like good about like. People that yeah, work at corporations. I did, I did my anti-corporation yeah. duty by but going Anybody to who would movie. see that. Probably got the tickets through whatever yeah, business they own. Who actually paid for a ticket for the new <laughs> the new corporation? That's what I want to know. That's what I want to Let's know. Let's see the logs. Let's see Let's the see logs. It. Let's see it. Well, that's it for the Base Free Video Podcast. My name's been Justin the Clue. And I'm Mark Hansen. Keep on buying. Keep on renting. The corporation. The original corporation? These movies and many more are available at your local video store. Is it still good? You know what? I rewatched, well, rewatched parts of the corporation before this came out, and I'm like, it's not very good. You <laughs> like know what my recommendation is? It's very much is, like a PowerPoint presentation, you know? My recommendation is the article that Mark wrote about shark movies Aww. in In the Mood. Uh, is it called Magazine? Yeah, though it's the technically a newsletter. Yeah, you know, well, it's a newsletter for there. They do like monthly. Th- mm-hmm. they, basically, they do like issues, but then they send out newsletters. And they wanted me to write some shark recommendations for Shark Week. And so that went up this week. So I like how Mark wrote an article about, uh, what's it called? Is it Mega Shark? No. Three. Mega, shark, shark Attack, Attack 3 Megalodon, and you, which you hooked me up with the file for because I hadn't seen it since I was And you dismiss 1 and 2 in the article, and I know you watch them too. Oh, I, oh yeah, yeah. But 1 and 2 are still fun. Yes. It's just 3 is like, I just love 3 how, blows everything How much away. work you did for what amounts to one sentence. Oh, hey, yo, when I, when I took this assignment, I just binged shark movies I already seen, shark movies that were new to me. I just wanted to take it all in again, just reacquaint myself with one of my favorite uh, subgenres, and it was a lot of fun. There's were a... you okay with my choices? Oh, yeah, yeah, great choices. Yeah, thanks. There's I tried an to upcoming... pick not, like, they, there was no big obvious ones mm. on there. So. There's an upcoming uh, shark movie, and I looked online, and I was like, I wonder if Mark has seen this already. Which one? <laughs> and you saw it a month ago. <laughs> Which one is it? Shark bait. Oh, yeah. Which we got in here. Oh, we did, so we next talk- week? We didn't talk about it. Oh, actually. we didn't pick you know, it? I didn't know it came out on DVD. It did, yeah. You know, it wasn't memorable enough to say anything about From the director of One Shot. Yeah, you know. James Nunn. I will say it's about a bunch of idiots who somehow they go like... They crash their jet, jet, jet skis skiing, together. Yeah. But like they're kind of off the coast of somewhere and then they, they go out, they crash their jet skis and then it's like they're in the middle of the ocean and they can't figure... <laughs> and I'm like, how did we get here? <laughs> yeah. so, uh, it's got its moments, mm. but it wasn't memorable enough. So Mark said Any no, shark movie that comes out... I will watch. We actually the sequel to the Reef is coming out soon. Yeah. So. No, thank you. The Reef was okay. It was all right.